Hey gearheads and welcome to Garage Talk, a discussion about all things automotive. I'm Corey. And I'm Matt. And each week this podcast will serve as a catalyst for discussion on all sorts of topics that grind our gears, rev our engines, or just need a bit more conversation. And on this week's episode, we are talking all things Houston Auto Show with the Executive Vice President of said auto show, Rochelle Salinas. And we are just beyond thrilled uh, to say that we actually have some breaking news this week here on the Garage Talk podcast. Yeah. Unofficial release news that you'll have to wait to yeah. hear. Yeah. So just, you know, keep listening because we can't give it all to you right up front. Right. But It is uh, in this episode. Yes. I promise it is in this episode. <laughs> we're, we're just very excited. We had an awesome conversation with Rochelle, not only about uh, the Houston Auto Show, its history and her involvement with it, but her own personal car history and some uh, international legal automotive trouble we'll, we'll just kind of leave it at that speculated uh, yeah it's um, i mean un, unconfirmed right yeah so uh all that to say we had a blast of a time and cannot wait to share the episode and conversation with rochelle with you our listeners so we'll just jump right into it well thank you rochelle for joining us uh, very exciting news to cover with you uh, this evening and some things to talk to you about. But first, before we dive into all things Houston Auto Show, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Maybe some uh, fun car stories, notable cars that uh, have led you uh, to where you are currently uh, in the automotive industry. Well, I think my automotive story is um, very a, a story of destiny. Um, that I didn't even realize. And it started in, in college. I studied public relations communications, and that was my plan. But I really didn't have a, a yearning to be in a particular industry. I liked sports, and I liked hospitality. and you know, I just, But I didn't have anything lined up when I graduated. And the summer before my senior year of university, I actually um, went to Mexico on an exchange program to become fluent in Spanish. And Thankfully, on my second day there, I met my now husband, and, and he really taught me a lot of Spanish, <laughs> <laughs> but then it also um, convinced me that when I graduated U of H, uh, the University of Houston, I didn't have any job plans, so I said, well, you know what, I think I should just go back to Mexico and continue my Spanish journey and, and my love life, and if this all works out well with this guy, great. Uh, if it doesn't, I'll at least know Spanish. So I went and I, I spent another six weeks studying and then I was like, you know what, I'm not going to learn any more Spanish in a classroom. I've got to work somewhere and really immerse myself even further. And Rodrigo's family, my husband, Rodrigo, his family's actually has been in the automotive business for generations. They build and construct. Um, they started with um, the gas pumps. Okay. So it's a level, the, the level of your gas. And I'm thinking of the word in Spanish and not in English right now. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the level inside of the gas pump to measure gas, gas. And they started this back in the you know 40s and 50s, this, this business. And now you know it's expanded and they do harnesses and all types of aftermarket equipment. Awesome. And so I started working with them um, in their sales department, marketing department. And then like within three weeks, they were like, you know what? This employee over here in logistics had to go. So we're going to need you to be international purchasing and logistics. Nice. So I was buying all the raw materials from South America, China, 
the U.S. Um, to bring to the factory uh, in Mexico to make and then, you know, ship out to our U.S. clients. And so that's really where I kind of got my, you know, real automotive start. I learned a lot of engineering turn, terms in business before I even knew them or in Spanish before I even knew them <laughs> in English. So it was kind of a funny journey. But then I said, okay, I'm tired of earning pesos. Uh, we've got to go back to the U.S. and make sure our cultures mesh uh, in the United States environment as well. So my husband and I moved back here and I ended up working in tourism in Galveston. Nice. And after that, I got a job at an ad agency. Well, it turns out my ad agency, um, my clients were uh, the Honda local dealers, the Universal Technical Institute for Technician Students, and uh, the Grand Prix of Houston IndyCar Racing, and the Houston Auto Show. Fantastic. Nice. So it was like I, it all, I, all the automotive stuff just really fell into my life and it's something I've really embraced and loved. And I think it's a good balance of my passion for vehicles is, is, is strong enough to absolutely love my job, but it doesn't obsess my life and I can have a good, healthy work-life balance. Also. Nice. <laughs> so, Very cool. And so then, um, the auto show brought me in house about six years ago. And so now I, you know, work for all of the Houston area dealers with the association and then help produce and promote the Houston auto show. And it's been a, a really fun career path and to see the growth of how the Houston auto show has changed over the years has been a really you know fun thing to be a part of and it's such an iconic event here in our city as well I mean it's not as huge as and, and iconic as Chicago or right. New York or LA but it's definitely big for Houston and you know when I tell people oh yeah I, I do the Houston auto show they're like whoa we go there we've been going there forever <laughs> with our family it's like a tradition and we love it and so it's really fun to be a part of something like that and kind of mesh the worlds of that hospitality and event planning with uh, everything automotive. Yeah. So I have confession time. I'm a Houston area native, born and raised down in the area. And uh, I have actually never been to the Houston Auto Show, which, again, I, pl- you. <laughs> I know I plan on rectifying that this year because uh, we moved away when I was 10 years old and we've been uh, closer to Dallas now than Houston uh, since 96. And uh, for the past 12 years, almost religiously, I've gone to the DFW Auto Show. And I'm getting memories popping up on Facebook right now because now is uh, Texas Auto Show season. And so I'm seeing all these old pictures and I'm like, man, I, I really miss going to car shows <laughs> and seeing them myself and yep. being able to sit in them. And uh, it, it is it does not bring me a lot of joy to say that I have never been to the Houston Auto Show, but like I said, I plan on rectifying that in 2021. This is a year well, of firsts. So left before you had responsibility or control to go to the auto show yourself. So right, I'll right. blame your parents. And won't. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. And you know, the four-hour trek uh, when I'm just trying to convince friends and family to go with me, it's a little much. Two hours is a little easier to uh, sell than four, but, right. you know, it is what it is. Of course. You've got, you've got the Dallas show, and they're, they're good as well. Yes, they are. So uh, I, I just I love going to car shows, and I don't think I'm going to get my fill of it uh, this year, next year, or any year to come. Probably <laughs> because not, yeah. uh, I'm only stroking the addiction now at this point. So, But what about your personal car history? Do you have any fun cars, interesting uh, vehicles that have brought you thus far in your life? 
Well, my friends still laugh that my first car was, uh, and this was in 1999, I guess I got my first car, was a 1981 Oldsmobile New Yorker. And it uh, had the plush seats Mm -hmm. and the first technology of like talking to you. So it would do the, you know, buckle your seatbelt. Thank you. (laughs) Door is ajar. And you close the door. Thank you. Some of my friends like thought it was the best thing. And it was, I was the first one to have kind of a vehicle. So no one cared that we were, you know, sweating (laughs) into these huge cushioned couch like seats in the <laughs> yeah. Oldsmobile and and uh everyone called it La Cucaracha because they just <laughs> thought because it talked it felt like you were gonna honk the horn and play the song like it just was really fitting and so that was my my first car and I was really proud of it it kept me safe nice. the first day I had my license I had a crash oh. but it only turned the, the, the a little bit on the bumper from the lady that I hit, unfortunately, was really damaged. <laughs> so it was a real tough, strong car, and I'm I'm glad that you know we, I, it we, I had it for a few for about a year and a half, and then my parents let me save up an upgrade to a Dodge Neon right when they had um, first came out. Ooh. So I was styling. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know if that's quite an upgrade. You know, that's a across the board. Move. Yeah. <laughs> It was like an orange neon color, too. Oh, but, yeah. Man, I, I was flat. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Love it. Was it automatic or manual? Uh, automatic. Okay. Yeah. All right. I didn't learn to drive a manual until I moved to Mexico. And we lived in Cuernavaca, Mexico, which is a really, really hilly town. And it's a nightmare to learn to drive a manual when you're on hills all the time. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Tyler is uh, notoriously a hilly town, and and yeah, I've had to learn on hills, and no, it is not fun, <laughs> especially when that person behind you is creeping up on you at a red light, and you're like, all right, just don't freak out. Don't freak <laughs> out. They're obsessed with their horns, so no matter what, they're, you're going to get honked at. <laughs> yeah, so you just and roll I, with I actually, it. My, my other kind of car story is my my third vehicle. I've had a, quite a few. Was uh, the first car I bought myself, and it was the um, Pontiac Grand Am, and yes. I drove it to Mexico when I when I moved there in college. I still had it, and I drove it all the way from Houston to Cuernavaca, which is south of Mexico City, and it was a three day journey and a very long adventurous story, but. I drove it there until it literally the wheels were falling off and it would just would not operate again. And I probably have a wanted sign in Mexico for like not taking the car back across the border. <laughs> and this was 12, 10 years, 12 years ago. It is still sitting at the same mechanic shop. Oh, oh that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. So I, I just had to ask, was it a white Grand Am? No, it was silver. Okay. Silver. Well, that, that, Matt and I both had white Grand yeah. Ams at different points <laughs> in our car history, so that would have been just too weird. But, yeah, that that's great. Uh, just never show your face again, and you'll be fine. <laughs> I'm like, I'm never driving across the border. We go, we fly. I'm not driving. There you go. <laughs> Thankfully, my name has changed since then for getting married, so maybe they won't even realize it. Yeah. But then, yeah. Well. <laughs> who, who is this person? I don't even know. 
All right. So diving in a little bit to the Houston Auto Show, sounds like you've got some exciting news that you want to share with our listeners. So I'll go ahead and let you do the honors. Well, in 2020, you know, everything was canceled. We were so fortunate to be able to have the show in January. And then, you know, that's when the pandemic hit. And we knew that this January 2020 was not going to be feasible for the safety of everyone, especially coming off the peaks of the holiday season and all of that. So logistically, it just wasn't possible to plan January. So we did have the opportunity to pick some May dates. And we picked those and we were exciting. We were planning forward towards it. And then the Houston Rodeo came along and said, no, we're going to move from March to May, so you can't have those dates anymore. So mentally, I was just like, okay, shut down. I have, you know, to step back and not much to do now until, wait till 2021, and we'll just accept it, and 2022 rather, and just accept it and move on. Well, we were all very curious about how the largest rodeo in the world was actually going to take place still in June, I mean, in May, and turns out they decided they couldn't. And so two weeks ago, the rodeo canceled their event and we said, okay, we are on, we're going to plan this in three months. I don't care what it takes. We're going to make it happen. Awesome. So now awesome. the Houston auto show is back scheduled for May 19th through the 23rd of 2021. And we're really excited to have it. It is going to be somewhat limited because, uh, you know, some manufacturers have definitely made the decision that they can't participate Um, in auto shows for this whole year, be it a budgeting or that they're extremely precautious for the pandemic for their staff and their employees and all the people that build and put on the auto shows. So those, there will be some missing manufacturers, but so we're asking everyone to like, you know, be patient, be realistic with us and know that we're trying to put on the best event that we can because we know people want to get out. Consumers still want the auto show experience and they're still buying cars right now. Oh yeah. And if they're buying cars, they really want that auto show experience to be able to compare and shop at that exact moment, you know, um, like they can at the auto show. So we're really hoping that it can be a successful event and that people turn out and check things out. Yeah. I, when I saw that it, there were dates for 2021. I, I was purely elated and uh, just the option to go and experience all these vehicles that we've seen just in the past few months uh, that we're starting to see more and more new vehicles and hitting the dealerships, hitting the roads, but just not having the opportunity to go to all those dealerships and sit in them and check them out. It, it's going to be beyond amazing to head down to Houston uh, NRG Center and check them out all right there without the pressure of a salesman or, you know, all that fun stuff that comes with, you know. Exactly. And to see what's coming out. I mean, I know so many people are really anxious to see the Bronco, um, the big Bronco, and we've got word that we're going to have that at the show. Yes. And that's really exciting for everyone that loves the Bronco. Um I was speaking with Kia the other day and they have a new model that no one is aware of. It's not out yet that it's a new release that they'll be showing and on display at the auto show. And so I I think there's still going to be some exciting news. Awesome. Even in this time where production has been down and inventory has been behind and there's been, you know, manufacturing issues, people are still moving forward at the best speed that they can. And that's what we want to do for the auto show too. Yeah, I don't know uh, what all contacts you have in the dealer network, but I know just from what we've seen 
with the numbers and the sales numbers and everything, like you said earlier, people have not quit buying cars and yeah. it's put a strain on the new car market and on the used car market yeah. that the demand is still there and production be darned. Like people are looking for those new vehicles and looking for those new models. And I don't think there's been a more exciting time for vehicle production than there is right now. There's so much going on right now. And companies are really at the top of their game, whether it be performance or off-road or even, dare I say, EVs. Uh, are yep. y'all going to have some EVs at the show, I would assume? Of course. So, you know, with all the commitments from all the manufacturers, it's just going to be really awesome to see not only what y'all are able to put together in a three-month time time frame, but uh, uh, just to be able to experience it again, because I know... A lot of my friends in the industry are reminiscing about Chicago Auto Show in 2020 because that was the last show, like nationally. <laughs> so what is a normal timetable uh, for putting a show together? Y'all probably start up the next year right after one closes, right? Yeah, we usually start, you know, on on initial things about nine months out, about six months out, things really start to pick up. And then, you know, the last four months, it's crazy town. And the, the month of January is always a blur for me, but that's usually our, our schedule is about, you know, initially nine months. And so to then turn around and plan something in three, it's, it's busy, but we're taking some, you know, taking things off our plate that are usually ancillary events around the auto show, the industry related, like we usually have a sales rally breakfast for, for the local dealer sales staff. And we're going to hold off on that for this year. And that is all things that we're still planning uh, in this time frame, so if we take that off our plate, it you know takes down a little, some of the logistics and production that we have to do, and taking away things like that will really give us free up time to make sure everything happens like it's supposed to in these three months. Yeah. Well, uh, we will put links in in the show notes for anyone interested in the show uh, directly to the show page where you can stay up to date with all the latest information as uh, Rochelle and her team frantically get it out <laughs> in the, a truncated uh, third of the time that it takes to normally plan a schedule. Uh, our thoughts and prayers are definitely with you and your entire team as uh, y'all work hard to uh, serve the people. And uh, like I said, we are beyond elated. You oh, yeah. had Matt hook, line, and sinker when you said <laughs> Big Bronco. He, he was telling me before the call that he he was uh, drooling over a, a baby Bronco, the Bronco Sport, today here in town. So, uh, yes, being able to lay eyes on the big, big kahuna, so to speak, of the Bronco world uh, is when word gets out, yeah, uh, you, you will have throngs of people just there for that. So that that is very exciting news and uh, looking forward to sharing that with all of our listeners. Thank you. Yeah, we're really excited. Whatever else we find out and uncover it closer, we'll be there, too. We'll be promoting it on our all our social networks and the website and, and including it in some of our marketing as needed and as feasible. Yeah. Will there be a limited uh, amount of people who can attend that event? Are you guys going to limit the tickets and that type of thing or? Well, capacity is limited to 50% of, um, of the number of people that can be in a certain square footage of the building that we're, of the space that we're using. It's very complicated how they calculate the attendance. Right. But right now, what that means is about 
6,400 people can be in the building at any one time, okay. which is no problem for our usual crowd flow because at one time, 6,500 people in a building is a lot. Yeah. So I think we'll be good ex- Saturday and Sunday, we're really going to have to monitor it and make sure we're people counting and there may be some lines to get in and such um, on Saturday and Sunday. But yeah, during the week, it'll be completely fine. We're taking up a lot of space and really widening the aisles. Usually we have 15 foot aisles. We're going to make every aisle between every exhibit 20 feet. So everything will be really much more spread out than usual. And the exhibitors will have even more space to spread the vehicles and stuff too. So it'll look vast, but everything will just be you know, spread. Yeah, we know a little something about that ourselves. Yeah. So <laughs> last October, we put on our first car show uh, for the vehicles that typically wouldn't ever be featured in a car show. And uh, we had to spread out quite a ways. And it looked very sparse if uh, we had some drone footage and stuff like that. And um, it looked sparse, but there were there was plenty to see and plenty to do. So I have no worries that uh, the Houston show will be uh, five million times better than our first oh, annual show. So absolutely. I, I'm just... Well, there's always... Congratulations on your first well, event. Thank you. Yeah, you got to start somewhere, right? So That's right. But uh, yeah, we're, we're very appreciative of this and we will share out any news and notes on the show as... Uh, we see them through your feeds as well, just uh, to help promote. Because again, our show is about promoting car culture and that gearhead um, mentality. So we will definitely help uh, tell the story that the show is happening this year and get word out for y'all as well, because we are just that excited. Thank you. Thank you so much. Matt, did you want to jump into a random misfire? Sure. Yeah, we can do that. So this is uh, a segment we call Random Misfire. It's the dreaded PO300 code that comes up on everybody's car around 100,000 miles that says, hey, there's something not right here. Uh, and since all cars should come with eight cylinders, there's eight questions. So all right. we're, uh, like. we, we've got them listed out here. They're, Corey and I will kind of go back and forth with it. Uh, I'll ask a question. He'll ask a question. For the most part, and I say this every time we introduce this, but I have yet to get a yes or no or an either <laughs> or answer. But it's supposed to be kind of an either or or you know two or three word response. But you can elaborate as never, much yeah, as you feel want. Feel free to uh, <laughs> to elaborate as needed. Um, apparently, I ask too difficult of questions, so. Uh, well, people always want to justify and tell their story. So. Right. Oh, absolutely. That's regular person atmosphere right but as a pr person i promise i can keep it below (laughs) (laughs) well you have the freedom to expound or explain however you'd like so i'm just laying that out there so all right i'll kick us off with the big one or i think it's a big one it's becoming less the big question these days uh just because of of the environment itself but would you rather have a wrangler or a bronco a Wrangler. I have one at home now. Nice. <laughs> nice. Okay. What year model? What what generation? Two-door, four-door? We have the four-door uh, Rubicon 2019. Nice. Uh, my husband wants to switch to the Gladiator, but he also has a 1974 um, Scout in the front yard 
driveway and I said, you can't have all of these vehicles. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am, uh, sounds like your husband and I are on the same page because I would love to have either a gladiator or the Bronco, uh, in my driveway Definitely, or gladiator Wrangler or Bronco. Yeah. I'm coming around. But, uh, yeah, uh, especially that new diesel, uh, gladiator. I drove that at the, uh, Texas Auto Riders, uh, Texas Truck Rodeo, <laughs> wearing the shirt right now as we speak, and that thing just impressed me so much. Um, I believe you even read off some of uh, my words on the award show of that. I did. That's uh, right. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, nice. Uh, so, next question would be for me. Okay, so uh, I've always joked that there's only one question with a right and wrong answer and this is it so we'll just get it out of the way <laughs> right at the beginning uh no pressure do you name your cars no yeah well there she goes <laughs> she got it wrong no i'm just kidding thanks for spending your evening with us it's been, oh, i'm just kidding i'm just kidding well i will say that it's i i it's a um it's a mental protection for me to not name my cars because i have moved probably 22 times in my life. So I know that I always have to adapt and not hold on to things for too long sentimentally because it will hurt you. And now that I work for the Houston Auto Dealers Association and the Houston Auto Show, I have a new car every year. I can't have that relationship. (laughs) Fair enough. That's close that it has a name. It would kill me every time I had to turn in the car. (laughs) Fair enough. I'll give you that one. Uh, Good enough reason. That's it. That's it. I will concede. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right favorite I'll, I'll i'll this is kind of a softball question favorite road trip snack um beef jerky nice any particular brand anything from bucky's no oh, okay all right can't go wrong there cannot go <laughs> wrong there and for any of our listeners not in the texas let's see i think we have some in alabama and florida now if you are not in any of those re- regions and have never experienced the true uh, road trip joy that is a bucky's travel stop yeah you got to come to texas you got to come visit. Right. So so in May, when you're on your way to the Houston Auto Show, right. be sure to stop by Bucky's and pick you up some beef jerky and then come on into the show, right? Maybe some kolaches. There you go. And uh, a brisket sandwich. Uh, yeah. Not yeah, sponsored. Just, no, not sponsored. We're just, <laughs> we're big fans. Definitely be sure to use the restrooms. They're like world renowned for their restrooms. So uh, definitely check them out for that. So uh, especially all you uh, Seattle, Washington folks, as y'all are driving down for that Houston Auto Show, Ooh. be sure you're going to need a, a potty break by that <laughs> time. <laughs> so, yes, absolutely. Make sure and hit up at Bucky's. All right. So another fun one. Favorite driving song? The song that you just crank up and drive to. Y'all are going to really, everyone's going to send you like make fun of me <laughs> mail for this. I am a die when, when I'm in road tripping. Okay. And we used to go to, here's my long answer for you, man. <laughs> we used to go to uh, Angel Fire, New Mexico from Houston to go skiing every year. And I would always take the late night shift to drive like 3 a.m. to, you know, 9 a.m. drive. And I would jam anything Sarah McLaughlin or Jewel so loud, singing my heart out, and everyone else would be 
dead asleep saying, <laughs> how can you drive to this melancholy singer-songwriter exactly. music? And I'm like, I oh, know it makes me so emotional. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking she was going to bust out with some mbop or something like that. But no. yeah, I don't know how you could pull a night shift <laughs> listening to that. I've got nothing wrong with it. No. Uh, I, I just don't think night shift driving duty when, when I think of Sarah I, McLaughlin. Sure. <laughs> awesome. All right. So would you rather have or rather drive a manual transmission or an automatic transmission? How far am I driving? <laughs> Let's say for your daily driver. Conditions. Uh, daily driver, I want an automatic. Okay. Under what conditions? Seems like yeah, there's well, a, there are situations in which you would entertain. Well, if I'm driving like scenic country roads and, you know, you got some fun turns and no minimal traffic, like manual, it's going to, and depending on the vehicle, it's probably going to be more fun. Definitely. Okay. All right. Definitely. We both approve. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Favorite car. So we are currently building a dream car bracket challenge on our social media for the month of March. And uh, we will put your answer on our bracket. Gosh. And, and it's so hard for me to have a favorite. And not because I'm trying to be unbiased right. with all of my manufacturer and dealer partners. But my kids ask me this question all the time. I really... It has to be a new vehicle or could be a classic, could be just if you if money were no object, what vehicle would you just say that that is I've got to have that in the driveway? Well, when I'm in my 70s, I really want to be driving like a 1970s Jaguar. Mm. All right. Classic Mm. with the Jaguar emblem on the front hood. I want to be in that. Nice. Can't go wrong with that. <laughs> Some of the most beautiful vehicles of all time came oh, from yeah. that era of Jaguar. So. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Are you a, a, a fan of technology in vehicles or not so much a fan of tech in vehicles? More tech or less tech? I like the safety tech. Okay. The safety tech. Okay. All right. Just drove in the vehicle that had a blind spot camera the actual camera of the blind spot that comes up and i thought that was really helpful wow yeah hyundai kia or honda (laughs) (laughs) the telluride yep yep man that hyundai kia yep they have come so far i remember when my dad had a 1997 (laughs) beige kia sophia uh, no frills whatsoever, stick shift, five speed, didn't even have window tint. And when I hear Kia, my mind first goes to that Kia Sophia and I'm like, but they're not that company anymore. <laughs> and so, yeah, uh, they, they have come I so far. All the time. I'm like, don't cross them off your list. If you haven't been in the last 10 years, you've got to check it out. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Last one of the big eight. Favorite car movie. We're constantly adding to our watch list. Right Definitely. Here, yeah. so. uh, I, I'm kind of a, a sucker for the all the series of the Fast and the Furious. Can't go wrong there. That's uh, it. <laughs> my wife has been on this. <laughs> ep- 
more 90s nostalgic. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Sarah McLaughlin. That doesn't quite mesh with Fast and Furious, but, you know, we'll make it work. <laughs> but um, <very> <laughs> yeah, there's just something about I have a special place for the first few movies in that series. I've kind of lost interest as they've drug uh, the franchise on and on. I feel like they should have let it die gracefully about three movies ago, but uh, that's personal point of view. So yeah, probably so. You're probably right. I'm just irritated that they pushed off the ninth iteration until this year. I was ready for it last year. Well, Rochelle, we thank you so much for joining us. It has been fun picking your brain. Uh, we are very excited. We will uh, wait with bated breath to see you in person at the Houston Auto Show this May. We're very excited about that. Uh, if folks want to check you out, we can uh, put the link in the show description below, but it's also HoustonAutoShow.com. And uh, just absolutely looking forward to seeing you uh, this May 19th through the 23rd, correct? Yes, thank you. This has been a lot of fun and a great time chatting with you guys. Yep, and uh, thank you again so much. And like I said, look forward to seeing you in person. Well, Gearheads, that is all for this week. We just had a blast of a time speaking with Rochelle. Uh, breaking news, there will be a Houston Auto Show this year. And there will be a Bronco there. You were very excited about I'm that. I'm super as stoked about the Bronco. mentioned it. But be sure to stay tuned and subscribe to this podcast because we have got an extra special episode breaking next week. We have an exclusive interview with somebody who may or may not have done a little race called the Dakar Rally. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. um, stay tuned for that. But if you want to know more about the Houston Auto Show, head on over to HoustonAutoShow.com. More of what we're into, GTGarageTalk.com. And until next time, bye.